Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good day. Welcome once again to another episode of So Married a Horror Fan. I am Simon. And I'm Lee. And this is episode 84. Uh, it is the last episode for July. Lee's thinking, thank the fucking Lord for that. Because I've put yeah. you through some shit. This you really month. have. We are ending the month as we began with... Uh, a look at a film by James Wan. Mm -hmm. uh, today we are going to be looking at the 2013 air quotes based on a true story air quotes horror film The Conjuring. Yes. Um, so um, I, I'm going to do a little bit of talking about this movie before we get into your thoughts on it. So I think it's no secret. I am a big fan of James Wan. You are. And I feel like realistically, outside of Dead Silence, this was the only one of his movies, other one of his movies I could convince you to watch. You're probably sat there thinking, I should have fucking chose Saw. Mm -hmm. um, I remember seeing this movie. So when I, I, I told a story uh, last week, week before, one of these weeks about working at the cinema. And um, The Conjuring was one of the first movies that came out when I started my job at the cinema in 2013. It came out the same day as Only God Forgives. And I had only been working at the cinema three weeks at this point. And I have never seen two movies cause so many people to walk out of them for entirely different reasons. Um, so I was pretty hyped when this movie came out, obviously being a fan of James Wan pretty much liking or loving everything that he's done up until this point, um, with the exception of Insidious, which I wasn't overly fussed on. Um, I I went to see this movie, like, opening weekend. Like, Saturday night, premium, 8 o'clock show-in, packed screen. Like, there's guys and people next to me, like, hiding behind seats, jumping at all the right moments. Like, I remember working this movie... I remember very vividly the Friday night when this came out, I was on a floor shift. If you've never worked in a cinema, floor shift basically means that you check tickets, clean screens, check the screens, all that kind of nonsense. And uh, I remember going up to, I think, one of the screens and there was someone sat outside and the movie had only been on for like 10 minutes. And I was like, hey man, like, you okay? He was like, yeah, he's like, I had to bounce, man. He's like, this movie's too scary. He's like, I left my girlfriend and my friends in there. And I was like, so what are you going to do? He's like, oh, I'm just going to chill on this seat outside the screen until it's over. And I was like, do you want like a magazine? Do you want like a cup of tea? And he was like, no, I'm good. And like he, and, like, so he hadn't even got past the prologue, like the Annabelle bit. He hadn't, he hadn't got past the Annabelle bit. He'd walked out within the, the cold open of this movie and did not go back in. And that was kind of like a running theme. And this movie had legs. This was like... So this movie came out the same year as Insidious 2, uh, Sinister, The Purge, The Conjuring, and... Uh, no, this is The Conjuring. Um, Your Next was the other one, and World War Z. So there was quite a lot of horror movies out this in this year. But this was the first sign of, like, this is a major studio that's put a lot of money behind it, a lot of marketing... And, like, it was a, essentially a summer blockbuster horror movie. Um, so there was a lot of buzz when this movie came around. If you guys are lucky, there is a video on my YouTube that I filmed. It's a private video. I reviewed this movie as my first ever 
like attempts to be a horror content creator. If you guys are lucky, I might share that review with you. Probably not because it's embarrassing as fuck. But I just watched a bit of it to kind of see if my feelings of when I first saw it have still aligned with the feelings that I still have on this movie. Mm. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so before we get into Meat and Bones this movie, like what were your... Like, what kept you away from watching this movie? Because you've never seen this movie. I have not. You've never seen any of the movies in the Country nope. Universe, right? Not any of the seven or eight movies there are. Um, so, like, what what was your kind of, like, um, knowledge of this movie? Or, like, are you aware? I, mean, I guess you were all aware of it in the wider context of, like, the franchise. So, I have a minor obsession with paranormal things. So I like reading about paranormal cases. So like hauntings, demonic possessions, stuff like that. I find it really interesting. Also, I super believe in it. Demonic possession, I'm a little bit, as we've discussed before, I'm a little bit on the fence about. But I believe in hauntings. I always have. We've discussed before about my feelings about houses having souls. Mm -hmm. So before we get further into it, I just want to pick up on something you said there. So, do you believe that sleep paralysis and demonic possession are linked? Or do you think they're completely separate things? Demonic possession, I'm very on the fence about. I don't really believe in demonic possession. Mm -hmm. As we've discussed before, like, what's the point of it? Yeah. It makes very little sense. Mm -hmm. So, no. Because I don't really believe in demonic possession. But, like, what about sleep paralysis? Do you believe that's, like... Or do you believe, like... Hey, there's there's medical re there's there's literal medical studies mm-hmm. into para- into sleep paralysis like it is a studied mm-hmm. scientific okay thing case issue medical issue I don't know so no like sleep paralysis we have a scientific explanation as to why it happens mm-hmm. so I, I I just think that some people are super unfortunate yeah like it's okay. got to fucking suck. Yeah, 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 100%. Like, massively. Uh, but no, I don't believe there's a link between that and hauntings or demons. I think it's just a horrible, horrible medical condition that happens to some people. But yeah, sorry, continue with what you were saying. So yeah, so I believe in all of that. But I believe in hauntings, as we've discussed, like we've discussed it on the podcast previously, of like our interactions with like hauntings and stuff like that. Yeah, there's like a bunch, like one of the key episodes we talked about it on is our episode on We Summon the Darkness. We went on a massive, if you want to know our real thoughts on it, go listen to that Was episode. it We Summon the Darkness? Yeah, because we talked about Johnny Knoxville trying to do an exorcism on Jackass because he plays a priest in that uh, movie and we yeah. had a whole, I think we talked more about that than we did the actual film. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I had mostly, I will avoid most films that involve hauntings. Mm-hmm. Because of that, mm-hmm. because I believe in it, I struggle watching them. Because it sounds really silly. Because I know a lot of people are probably aware at this point that I don't believe in most paranormal shit. I think it's a load of bollocks. Hauntings, I do. So anything that deals with it always puts me quite on edge. Mm-hmm. Because <coughs> fuck ghosts, man. I mean, don't fuck a ghost. I mean, I'm not gonna kink shame someone. If they wanna fuck a ghost, get get all of it, mate. Ray stands, blowy from a ghost. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd avoid uh, I've avoided the conjuring. I mean, I'm a little bit on the fence with all of the movies in this universe anyway, because I think the Warrens are scam artists. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we'll talk about the Warrens in a little bit. Yeah, but because of the context, like what the film's actually about, I have avoided watching it, and I was dreading watching it this month because I didn't want to see it. So now that you have seen it, what are your thoughts? This movie on can it? go fucking die in a ditch. I, I was the guy at the cinema. We got about forty minutes into this movie. Forty. Yeah, roughly. Roughly, probably a little bit earlier than that, and my brain was like, "Nope, I'm not into this." <laughs> I was like, literally, and I'll admit it to everybody. Like, I was playing on my phone and like watching over the top of my phone. So that I wasn't actually having to give my full attention to the TV. Mm-hmm. Because it was freaking me the fuck out. Yeah, that's how I knew this movie was legit. Um, so, as I said, I went to go see this opening weekend. And I think it's pretty safe to say, through the course of listening to this podcast, if you're a long-time listener, you know that there aren't a lot of things in films that generally tend to like bother me. Like, not a lot of stuff gets under my skin. This movie got under my skin. Like, I remember seeing this movie for the first time and just being like, holy shit. Like, it's not the scariest movie ever made, but it's the first movie that I'd seen in a long time. Isn't this scientifically the that scariest sinister. of Sinister? We're it, never watching that one. Um, it was kind of one of those things. It's like, I, I'm one of those people, like, I can telegraph... Like, I'm awful. Because... I've seen so many horror movies, I can telegraph, that's where your jump scare is going to be, that's where this is going to happen, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I am that awful friend that you'll watch a movie with and they'll be like, jump scare coming, or that person's going to die, or this is going to happen. This movie has a lot of that, but the great thing that James Wan does, and he does a bunch of this shit in Malignant, and he does a bunch of this shit in Insidious as well, um, and uh, Lee Wanell does a bunch of it in The Invisible Man, is... James Wan will focus on something really innocuous. Mm. So, like, he'll go, oh, there's a wardrobe there. And then he'll hold the camera on the wardrobe or whatever it is for a really long time. And then the music will start going. And then your 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 eyes subconsciously start looking because you're trying to see what's going to happen. And nine times out of ten... Like a lot of the times in this movie, nothing happens. Mm. James Wan isn't about the jump scares. He's not about the what's going to happen. He's about the lead up. Like, he's the guy who's like more interested in the hand job rather than the cum shot. To put it into kind of like porn terms. Like, that's what he does. He builds that tension and he builds that atmosphere. Mm. And there's like a shit ton of that in this movie. Um, like, the scene in particular, there's one particular scene in this movie. And you'll know the scene I'm talking about. It's a scene with the the person, air quotes, behind the door. Yeah. Because she's so convinced there's someone there. Your eyes are literally looking at that every frame of that screen because you're trying to see what you're she can see. You're waiting for it to show up. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't. No. It doesn't. But then he does... It, what he does is he gets you into that mindset. So as you're watching the movie... He starts throwing out more unexpected jump scares or like scares mm. or like loud noises because your brain has settled into a like, I'm comfortable now. Like I know that he's lingering on these shots, so nothing's going to happen. So what he does is he starts throwing out like quick shots. He starts throwing out like other stuff to unsettle you because you've got comfortable. Mm. And I think that the reason like this... 
for me, objectively, is the best movie in the entire Conjuring universe. I say that as someone who has only seen the mainline ones. So I've never seen the Annabelle movies, I've never seen The Curse of La La Rona, and I've never seen The Nun. I've only seen the three mainline movies. And I think this is the best of the three. Purely because it's the one that's the... Mo- it, I think it's the scariest of the three stories. And I also think it's the one that has the least amount of reliance on CGI. Everything in this movie, for the most part, is all practical effects. Mm. And it's all, like, old school stuff. Like, a door creaking. Or, like, banging on walls and shit like that. Stuff that people generally find quite scary. Um, but, yeah. I thought time away from this movie would lessen the impact on a rewatch. But I haven't seen this movie since I saw it at the cinema. So I haven't seen this movie in nearly 10 years. And I forgot how fucking unnerving some of the stuff in this movie is. And like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a fencer. So I do and don't believe in ghosts. I believe in ghosts to a degree that I have lived in a house where I have heard things, but I've never actually seen anything. Yeah. And I've never actually experienced anything. Mm. But I'm also well aware of the fact that I have attention deficit disorder and an overactive imagination. So in my head, I'm like, did I really hear something? Or is my brain just telling me that I'm hearing something? So like, for me, it's kind of like six or one, half a dozen of the other. And I think that's what makes these I movies was, more frightening. See, I was kind of like that for years about... On, I was like very much on the fence on ghosts. I was like, I yeah. don't really believe in them. But I kind of do, but I kind of don't. And then I'll always remember, so it was when we were living at the old, old house. Yeah. And... So we've been told before by a psychic noggy, noggy, me and my mum, mm-hmm. that my nana's spirit was still with us. And like, as a general rule, I don't particularly believe in psychics. I think it's a bit of mumbo jumbo, hocus pocus. But basically, this, this, whatever. But he said quite a lot of stuff to my mum that there was no way he would have been able to know about like my birth dad's family. No, my mum and dad aren't linked in any way anymore and, like, about family members that he would have no way of knowing about. And he'd said, like, your 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 mum's spirit is still with you. And we <laughs> kept my nana in a cupboard for years after she passed away. She got cremated, like, not just kept her body back. Like, we kept her in a cupboard. We kept like, her in a cupboard. Psycho style. I was thinking it was great because people would be like, I'm really sorry for your last loss. I'm like, I haven't lost her. I know exactly where she is. And, um, yeah, so we got told she was haunting us. And then after my mum moved out and you moved in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we had an incident where the stairs, there was creaking all up and down our stairs. And then all of the lights went out and our lamp started flickering. I don't remember that. Do you not? No. Yeah, the lamp, the big stand-up lamp we used to have in the living room started flashing. Uh-huh. And that was the first time that I was like, that's fucking weird. And we'd moved (laughs) Nana when you moved in. We'd moved her from where she was to a different location. (laughs) And then when it was the second Christmas I spent at your parents' house. Second? It must have been later on in our relationship than that. But I was in the kitchen helping Simon's mum get get 
get Christmas dinner ready. And Simon's mum is very much a believer in the paranormal because she's seen stuff. And we were making stuff in the kitchen. I was stood underneath one of the shelves and the shelf collapsed and all the pans dropped off of the shelf. Like it dropped forward and all the pans fell off. That would have been the third Christmas. That would have been Christmas 2016 because it was like a few months after my granddad had died. Yeah. Not the the nice one, the other one. Yeah, all the pans nearly hit me on the head. Mm -hmm. And literally I was like, what the fuck? And Trudy was like, oh, don't worry about it. They're trying to get me, not you. Like that was literally your mum's reaction. And that was what cemented it for me because I've never, I've always been a bit on the fence, but your mum's reaction of just like, it happens a lot. Like they're trying to get me, not you. Don't worry about it. And I was like, all right, Trudy. Thanks for that, babes. Yeah, because this is like this is the thing, like with my family. So I'm I'm sure I've told this story many a time. I I am descended from Romany gypsies who moved to Ireland and settled in Ireland. So I have like Irish and Romany blood, but like my family were proper travelling gypsies. They like had the wooden carts and like they used to sell pegs and they used to do like clairvoyancy readings and things like that Mm. so as weird as it sounds like my family on my mother's side has like a sensitivity to these kind of things yeah and i think my mum knowing that and knowing what she's seen is kind of a bit like well you know it is what it is um my sister's kind of my dad's see my dad doesn't believe in ghosts but he believes in aliens and my and my sister's kind of like an in for a penny in for a pound kind of person so Laura's, uh, my sister, is very much a case of she believes in, like, everything. Yeah. So, because the thing is, my mum my mom believes in ghosts because of what she's seen. My dad believes in aliens because fucking aliens. I mean, I also believe you. I'm also on the alien train, man. But, like, my sister uh, backs everything up with science. Yeah. So my sister is the most, like, level-headed out of all of us in the sense of, like... She likes to like, have evidence. Yeah, she's like, well... Neil deGrasse Tyson and the keyboard player from D-Ream turned around and basically said, look, man, there's all these planets and shit, so there probably is aliens. And, like, she was into, like, witchcraft and stuff when she was younger, so she's probably just like, yeah, man, there's probably stuff out there that we shouldn't be fucking with. Yeah. And I think she just kind of, like, just doesn't really kind of uh, involve herself in it one way or the other. Um I think the thing with, like, I think you hit on a really, like, before we talk way too much about this movie, because I feel like we're going to talk way too much about this case, um, you hit on a really interesting point when you were looking up stuff for this movie. You said, so it was, I think, between the 50s and the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. You said there was a spate of these uh, types of hauntings or possessions or whatever it was, and you had... I don't know if it was a theory that you had or if it was something that you read, but the belief was that it was kind of like a version of like satanic panic. They were trying to drive people back to the church. Back to the church. Um, yeah, because in the sixties and seventies, obviously, free love was on its rise. Elvis was popular with his satanic hips. Uh, the Beatles started getting massive. Um, back masking was a thing. Back masking was a thing. Satanic panic kind of had started to kick off to a degree. Black Sabbath were roaming around. Black Sabbath were wandering around, biting the heads off bats. 
I mean, Ozzy did that to later in his career, for sure. But, you know, it, yeah, yeah. it was a reference enough for me to go for. Um, obviously, I'm pretty sure it's around about that time, like, um, the gay rights riots started happening. The Manson family. Manson family. Uh, the feminist movement really started taking a front line. And a lot of people were turning their back on religion. And the church were losing a lot of churchgoers. And More the importantly, Warrens, the church were losing a lot of funds. Yeah, and the Warrens are both obviously religious. And a lot of their cases were, oh, well, you need religious artefacts in your house or you need to be at the church, you need to... And I personally feel like a massive part of it was them trying to scare people back to religion. <coughs> I'm just going to ask you outright. Mm. Do you think they were... Uh, plants. I think the, they were the absolute scam artists. Yeah, so you think they were like church I plants. don't know if they were plants, but I, I think they're full of bullshit. Because it, it was kind of like, it has kind of been proven time and time again, hasn't it? Or like, I don't know if it's necessarily been proven, but a lot of the cases they reported on were proven to be like fake. Yeah, and a lot of people came forward after, after Edge died. died. Yeah, basically saying he, they paid them off to say that they were haunted and stuff like that. Um, but like the Enfield case has been debunked now. The kids have come out and said, well, we kind of faked a massive chunk of it. It didn't really happen. Um, the Amityville haunting has been debunked. Uh, by so many by people. By so many people. This has been debunked as well. Yeah. Like a lot of their cases, like especially with modern day research abilities and everything being online, you can go and look mm. up death records from like 600 years ago on the internet. Mm. Um, a lot of this case, especially, um, it's, it's even on the IMDb page, they talk about the amount of people who died in this house. Like, two people died from, like, freezing to death. One woman hung herself. Like, a young girl got her throat slit. And basically, all of those, you can go and look up if you want to. Weird. People have done this. They've researched into it. All of those people that I just mentioned, that I mentioned on the IMDb page, IMDb page is dying in that house. None of them, and I mean absolutely zero of them, died in that house. Mm-hmm. There's there's the case that's the part of the third movie as well, where the guy claims demonic possession and oh, like, yeah. he allegedly murdered his girlfriend and then it went to a court case and it was the first time that uh, demonic possession was used as like a defence in court. Um, and also there was like a werewolf case as well, mm-hmm. of an alleged werewolf. I, I mean... Werewolves I don't believe in, but lycanthropy is a thing. There's an actual medical condition Mm. that is um, based around lycanthropy. I can't can't think what it's actually called, um, but there's actually a medical condition. Because I I find it interesting, you mentioned the Amityville case, because they cock-tease the fuck out of that. They do cock-tease the fuck out of that. But they never actually, they haven't actually made that movie. Yeah. And I wonder this... if that's just because that story's been fucking told to death now. Yeah. And, like, yeah. honestly, what could they add? And the thing is, is it has been so severely debunked at this point as well. Yeah. Like... Because I think... Dude. I think this is the thing. So, like, there are a lot of horror movies. I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of movies in general that tend to, like... They have the tag of, like, based on a true story. And I honestly think that's why... I mean, I don't want to take anything away from James Wan because I do think he is an incredible filmmaker. But I do think a large part of the reason why this movie was so successful is because of that morbid curiosity of like, oh shit, this really happened to like real people. Yeah. Like a lot of these movies. Like, 
The Exorcist was allegedly based on a real case. Do you know what's interesting about films like this, though? And The Exorcist is a really great example. Um, They really enter, like, the human consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so The Exorcist came out. When did The Exorcist come out? 77. 77. 74. So, pre-74. Not all of, but about 95% of the exorcisms performed by the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. were young men, probably mentally unwell, didn't actually need an exorcism, they needed a doctor. Yeah. Um, and then the exorcist happened. And when the exorcist happened, there was a huge flip. And se- I, think it, I think the figures are something like 75% of cases, maybe more than that, don't quote my numbers on that, suddenly were young girls. Oh yeah, 100%. And this is part of the reason that I don't believe in demonic possession. Yeah, because it, it, it enters that kind of like... Um... What's that term when you hear something and you believe it and then everybody oh, believes it? Oh, the Mandela effect. Yeah, the Mandela effect. It becomes kind of like that. People start, as you say, I have to be really sensitive how I word this, but people start confusing things like mental illness and like schizophrenia <clears throat> and BPD oh, and yeah, things massively. like that for like a lot, forms of like demonic possession. A lot of Right, okay. Post-exorcism, post-the-exorcist is a different kettle of fish. Pre the exorcist, a lot of those cases would have been people who actually had BPD, um, MPD. Yeah. Um, I can't think what the actual medical <coughs> term is for it, because it's not MPD anymore, is it? No. Because it's not more, It's not called multiple personality disorder. No. I can't think what it's called. Um, the medical term changed. I've, and I've said it on the podcast before, and I, my brain is completely mm-hmm. blank. But schizophrenia, it would have been actually those things. The problem is, is the exorcist happened, and a lot of the cases that happened after the exorcist occurred of these young girls, it wasn't that they were possessed. It was that young girls were becoming women, and they were going through mood swings, and your body's changing, you're not happy, you're not comfortable. And they're all like, no, my daughter's possessed. She's talking back to me. And physical education, as I now refer to smacking your children, um, has not been working. So therefore, she must be possessed. She's not. She's becoming a woman, and... Men are terrified. She just doesn't want to part of your shit anymore. And this is the thing. And I feel like a lot of the cases from this time that the Warrens were looking into of like the house was haunted. It wasn't. It was the wife was unhappy in her marriage. And she was becoming depressed. Um, you know, she was no longer doing what her husband told her to do. Oh, we must be being haunted. She's being possessed by a demonic ghost who lives in our house. Mm. And that's the issue I have with a lot of these types of films. Yeah. Is that, were they actually haunted or were you just, your wife had stopped listening to you? Yeah. And I think, I think, <laughs> I think it, I think it is a weird, um, it's a weird, um, portrayal. Mm. Let's put it that way. Because oh, so I just realised we're half an hour into this episode, and I have we have not even talked about the cast of this film yet. Yeah, we will. We will we'll, we'll we'll get, get to that. Because the thing is, like the Warrens in this movie are like they are the MTV version. They are like young, sexy, fucking madly in love. And I don't doubt that Ed and Lorraine Warren loved each other because I think that's about the only thing that we know about them that is probably true. Um, but. They are portrayed as like saviors, like good guys, like mm-hmm. 
I guess in a weird way, like superheroes, mm-hmm. like Ghostbusters. They are that they are effectively like Ghostbusters. They yep. are the people that you call. They go in and they like whammy your house and and or whatever. But from what we know or what has been reported, they were very much the opposite. Now I find it really funny that Lorraine Warren, God rest her soul, and Ed, rest in peace. And I don't want to talk shit on the dead, so I'm not going to say too much about it. But I find it really interesting that Lorraine was a consultant on this film, mm-hmm. as was Andrea Perrin, who was the actual mother of... Mm-hmm. like, Because her name's changed in the movie, isn't it, to Caroline? Mm-hmm. Um, she consulted. They both turned around and said that everything that happened in the movie actually happened in real life. Yet, there is so much evidence to the contrary. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you are prepared to sit there and lie about a film that has been proven to be largely inaccurate where the filmmakers themselves have said that they have taken artistic license, then what else have you lied about? Yeah. And I feel like the press tour for this movie was really telling because they they went the company line of, yeah, it all happened because they had a movie to sell. Mm -hmm. Which, again, makes me wonder what the fuck they were doing taking advantage of, possibly taking advantage of all these families in the 70s and, like, rinsing them for... Money well, they didn't get paid. Or, or like, you know... Incidentals but... and expenses only. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I I think people... I'm just going to say it. They, they were effectively gaslighting people that were going through some kind of trauma and exacerbating their trauma for their own ends. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't make any money off of it, but they released books. They They turned their house into a museum, which they made money off of. They have their own merchandise. They, they, she would have got certainly would have got money mm-hmm. for the from the films when she was still alive. And I think to me, the more research you do into the into the actual people, the more exploitative it it becomes. Mm-hmm. And like a film like this, where they are portrayed as these like saviors and like these people that wholeheartedly believe what they're saying is true mm-hmm. and effectively their word is the law i think it's it's just really scummy and then for the people for like the woman who went through this because the family the real family visited the set like they were on the set when they were making this movie mm-hmm. about this incident that happened to them for her to also sit there and kind of go along with it as well is a bit like what the fuck man like your family went through something that probably traumatised the five or seven of you or however many of there were, you there were. And you're just sitting there going, oh, yeah, man, it, it all happened. Like, these people came in, they saved our lives. Like, they're our heroes because you're getting a paycheck from a film studio. Mm-hmm. Like, I just find the whole thing, like, fascinating. There's not enough money in the world or like notoriety or whatever that would make me sell out my family like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so strange. And like the thing is as well, I don't know about the other two cases um that they base the other two films on because I don't know how many of those families or those people involved are still alive. But I'd certainly At the Enfield, I think most of the family are still alive because that was in the late 70s yeah. early 80s i've certainly not heard those motherfuckers come out and be like yeah man these people fucking ruled you know what i mean like no the girls came out when yeah we faked most yeah of it. it's fucking bullshit son mm. um 
So yeah, like I don't know how you feel about the Warrens, but I I kind of find I find the portrayal of them very deceptive. Yeah. And I think it's I think that they have been portrayed in the wrong light in these films. Um. But that's just me. Mm. Should we do Should we do the actual cast and shit for the film now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're covering the Conjuring. Half an hour into this episode, guys, we're covering the Conjuring. Um, not not to be confused with the Conjuring. Uh, released in 2013. Uh, it was written by Chad Hayes and Carrie W. Hayes. Shout out House of Wax. And directed by James Wan. Shout out James Wan. Cast-wise in this movie, we have Vera Farmiga as Lorraine Warren. Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren. Lily Taylor as Caroline Pe- Perrin. Ron Livingston as Roger Perrin. Uh, Shanley Cradwell, Caswell sorry, as Andra, Andrea. <clears throat> Hayley McFarland as Nancy, Joey King as Christine, Mackenzie Foy as Cindy, and Kyla Diva, yeah, as April. Shout out, uh, Renesmee. Yeah, we also then have um, Shannon Cook as Drew. Shannon Cook? Cook as Drew, yeah. Uh, John Brotherton as Brad, and Sterling Gerrans as Judy Warren. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the plot <coughs> synopsis for this movie is uh, Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren work to help a family terrorised by a dark presence in their farmhouse. And in the words of Cypress Hill, when the shit goes down, you better be ready. Yeah, pretty much. Um, um, so outside of this film absolutely scaring the crap out of you, mm-hmm. what did you actually think of it as a film? It's a, it's, it's a great film. It's really well shot. It's really <coughs> well directed. The... The acting, especially from the kids, is great. She's coming back on that James Wan train, guys. Aquaman's being covered soon. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is really good. But, yeah, it freaked me the fuck out. Just because stuff like this, like, it freaks me out anyway, as we've discussed. I don't I do not do hauntings. Um, I think my main issue is they seem to have romanticised the case quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And especially demonised people who aren't here to defend themselves. Yeah. Obviously, the villain of this film is... Um, Quote-unquote villain. Yeah, Bathsheba. Yeah. Um, who they really demonise as, like, a woman who murdered her child and then hung herself. Yeah. And she's, like, possessing the mother to kill her children. And that shit never actually happened, right? So... No. <laughs> Basically, as far as we're aware, there are really like no real records about Bathsheba Sherman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we don't really know. Yeah. Um, however, basically... The woman, Bathsheba Sherman, has no link to this house whatsoever um apparently originally they were all like oh she's actually an arnold like it was her maiden name yeah um and the arnold family did own what became the parent farmhouse yeah um but she wasn't uh she was actually a ta- a thayer so that link is immediately disproven to the house um and they had so she, she when she married she had four children we know that and none of the deaths of these children are recorded in the Black Book of Burville, which is basically the local 
like areas death book but it only records unusual deaths so murders suicides anything like that none of these children's deaths are recorded in that book okay which means that they died in like normal circumstances from a natural cause more than likely she definitely didn't stab one of them through the eye also but she did not hang herself she died in 1885 um of sudden paralysis which is basically a stroke yeah old-timey versions of a stroke so this poor woman who led a probably a relatively decent life uh she seems to have died at a a relatively decent age for the time um, has been turned into a monster by the Warrens and the Perrin family because the eldest daughter of the Perrin family wrote a series of books there's three of them in total chronicling the ten years that they lived in this house because this family lived in this house for ten years yeah everything this movie seems to happen like within a month oh yeah it seems to happen really quickly they lived there for ten years Mm -hmm. Right, and the haunting was happening the entire time. Obviously, this movie leaves you with the idea that the haunting kind of ends. Yeah, because they... They were haunted the entire time they lived there. So we would have been well into the 80s. Oh, like yeah. Like, 81, at least. At least. Played, like, so they lived there for 10 years, which I'm not being funny. If the haunting was as bad as this movie portrays, I would have been up and the fuck out of there. I would have been a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. So... Both... The Warrens and the eldest parent daughter both detail this Bathsheba lady as being the demonic presence in the house. Uh, the eldest parent daughter basically said it was her mother who identified her as Bathsheba originally. By the third book, when people had actually done the research and gone, hang on, there's no way it was this woman. Like, she didn't mm-hmm. even live in the house. She has no connection. Suddenly it became um, Elaine. Why do I want to call her Elaine? She's not the Warren lady. Yeah, the, the Warren lady. Is yeah. it Elaine Warren? Yeah. Oh, I was right. My brain was like, Elaine? Um, suddenly it became Elaine Warren who identified Bathsheba. Yeah. So this is a problem is there's so many connective issues with this yeah. entire story that once you start doing any kind of research, they fall apart relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, but I feel... I, I know she's dead and she's been dead for a very long time. Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years at this point. But more than likely, her descendants are still out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, she had four kids, so undoubtedly, somehow, somewhere... There's some great, 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 There great, is some great, 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 great grandchildren who one of their... Descendants. Ancestors mm. is basically being turned into a boogeyman. Yeah. Which is horrible. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty shit, isn't it? Pretty... Like, I feel so dreadful... And the thing is, as well, is they keep, like, I, I even, like, at the beginning, I said, there's this whole thing on the IMDb page about all of these deaths that happened in this house. I'm pretty sure all of them have now been debunked. None of these deaths happened <clears> in the house. And some of them they've really exaggerated as well. Because the poor 11-year-old girl who passed away, yeah, yeah, yeah. they make it out like she killed herself. Yeah. And she was, like, assaulted. None of that happened. As far as we're aware, none of that happened. She did die, and it was horrible. But in a different house, in a different location. And as far as anyone is aware, she was not assaulted. Yeah. Like... I don't understand, like, with these movies, when they, like, quote-unquote based on a true story, why the fucking entity or whatever it is just isn't, like, a faceless force. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need... like it, No. Like, I'm not being funny. It doesn't add anything to the lore or the mythology no. of this movie, like, making her... The some monster. Fucking, 
it's like it's like with the nun. So in the second movie, like you've got Valak, who is the nun. So you got the Valak and the Crooked Man, who are like the two villains of the second movie. Then they so Valak is a real demon, mm-hmm. but it's not this fucking nun. I don't know why it looks like this fucking nun that looks like fucking I don't know Alice Cooper on an off day. Fair. But shout out Bonnie Aronzo for a sick performance in that movie. But then they they do this whole fucking nun movie where they're like, oh man, she was this fucking nun who like had the blood of Christ in her and she was at the crucifixion and she got fucking cursed or some bullshit. So they give Valak this fucking nonsense backstory for how he ended up being in this nun and being possessed. None of it's fucking true because like Valak, that's like not tied to Valak at all. And it's the same as Annabelle. Annabelle's fucking story changes throughout her mythology and i'm like and this is the issue so we had this discussion literally while we were watching this movie oh, yeah. about annabelle so and the annabelle case case uh happened in the 70s yeah uh, it happened weirdly after this episode of the twilight zone had aired which was about a woman right called annabelle who was getting hunted by an evil doll mm-hmm Talkie Tina. Hmm. What up, son? Interesting, yeah. don't you think? But for real, though, them Raggedy Ann dolls. Those Raggedy Ann bands are, are fucking creepy like, as shit. Ask, ask my dad next time you see him, ask him the story about that fucking Raggedy Ann doll. I don't so, want to. My mum had one, right? And when my mum and dad were like first together, it used to sit on her bedside table. And my dad used to wake up in the middle of the night convinced that this fucking thing was like running up and down the wardrobe, like laughing at him. And like staring at him, they are creepy. So I'm like, way. in a way, I'm like, I can believe those motherfuckers are possessed. My dad has never lied to me in my entire life, um, and I'm not, I'm not about to start believing that he would now. But I mean, I, know, I feel like your dad, your dad can bullshit with the best. I'm just saying, him. I also don't like the redesign of Annabelle. I don't know why they made her some fucking weird, no, weird porcelain, fucking Victorian child. Like, I mean, she's creepy as shit. She's creepy as fuck. Um, but like but this. Yeah. Is- this is the problem I have, especially with these based on true events yeah. films. And this is kind of like the thing, like you were saying, like the Bathsheba thing. If they can pick and choose their own adventure with all these other fucking demons, then like this fucking demon could have been like fucking, I don't know, Jiminy Bib Bob Flibby Dob, and it would have made no fucking difference no. to the movie. Like they literally could have named, they could have just made this. But fucking the thing, thing up. is, is because that's who. The Warrens and the family had yeah. said was haunting them. Fucking nonsense, like, bro. It's, oh, honestly, it's stuff like, and this is the thing is as well, is I feel like people like the Warrens always assumed they would be able to get away with it. Because they're like, nobody's going to go to the ass end of nowhere, Rhode Island, to go and look through this book of the dead. Yeah. Like, and manually go through it. And back then, no fucker would have bothered. The problem is, is now the internet exists and all of this stuff is online. You can go and research it from the comfort of your own home. I think also the problem is, at that time, because these people were going through these traumatic situations and they were being laughed out of, like, police stations or, like, whatever, it's kind of like anything. The minute somebody says they believe you, you kind of buy into it. Especially as charismatic as the Warrens are played in this movie. Mm. Um, you know, they do, like, fucking Vera Farmiga does the whole I'm touching stuff because I have the gift and I can feel, like, the presence in the house. And, you know, Patrick Wilson's not an uncharming man and he portrays... Oh, what is it you said when we talked about this case a while ago? He He's portrayed 
he's called by people that were victims, and I want to say, I use that term in its strictest sense, of them as a snake oil salesman. Mm -hmm. He's that guy who, like, comes into your house and, like, sees... He's charming, he, he flirts with you yeah, a little bit. And he's, he's he, like, look at this magic potion that I have that can help with all your ales. He's like, oh, that fridge that you bought two days ago is making a noise. Can't you hear it? I can hear it. You need a new fridge. And then before you know it, you spent a thousand pounds on a new fridge that you didn't need. Yeah. So he, He's a salesman. Yeah. He is a salesman. And the thing is, the problem is, though, is obviously he's we... He's trying to sell people monorails. Yeah. We've got... Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, who are both incredibly attractive, very charming. And, like, I don't really know that much about the Warrens as people. Like, I know about their cases, but I don't know. Was... Was... Oh, my God. Ed. What is this? Ed, thank you. My brain just <coughs> went Warren. Oh, it's not Elaine, by the way. It's Lorraine. Lorraine. There like, we like go. Like the quiche. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, was he actually, like, a super charming dude? Because, yeah. like... Again, like, what is real and what is not real? Exactly. Like, and what I do love about this movie, and I don't know if it actually happened in the case, because obviously I don't want to actually pay money to read books about the Warrens because I think they're snake oil salesmans. Yeah. Um, salesmans. Salesmans. <laughs> um, he fucking performed an exorcism. Yeah, because it says at the beginning of the movie, he's the only recognised demonologist by the church who's not ordained by the church yeah but then they make ref they make a they make a massive deal yeah. about the fact that he cannot perform the exorcism because he is not a priest yeah he is not ordained to do and they so. have a chat with a priest and a priest's like look man i'm i'm not i'm not gonna sign off on this yeah but like, these people aren't fucking baptized like they're not fucking churchgoers and this is the thing as well is they're not baptized so you can't perform an exorcism yeah so what does that mean they have to join a church in order to get the exes yeah. to help them get rid of yeah. the demon that's haunting their house. Yeah. And what I do love is in this movie as well, is they play into the fact that previously there's been cases where they've gone and go, no, like, it's just the attic. Like, the wind comes through here, it creaks yeah. the thing, the pipes rattle. How many of those cases actually exist in the case book of Ed and Lorraine Warren? Well, like, that's, that's how he tries to mug old fucking what's it face off in this one, didn't he? Because um, Caroline goes to his, goes to that, like, little... They're at a university mm -hmm. doing a talk. They're doing a lecture. And she's like, hey man, like, my house, ghosts, Casper's all up in my shit. And he's like, nah, 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 man, rational explanation. Like, and then it's only because she appeals to Lorraine. She's like, I've got kids, man. Like, mm -hmm. my kids are going to get fucked up by a ghost. She's like, oh yeah, I feel your pain. I'm an empath. And he's all like, oh, here we fucking go again. But like, this is the thing, it's like, back in the 60s and 70s, Ed and Lorraine Warren was taken so seriously... They did university lectures, like they toured. Oh yeah, man! To talk they, about demonology, they were and fucking exorcisms. rock stars, like, like legit. It's insane. Yeah, like actually, and that's insane. how they were making their money. Oh, they were making yeah. their money off the touring circuit. Oh yeah, like that's what they were Massively. doing. They were using these things to kind of build a case file. Mm -hmm. So the real money was in the touring and like oh, yeah. the the rights and all this shit to like our books and stuff. Um, yeah. I'd, uh, I, I really struggle with people like that. Like, yeah. Like, I, I believe in ghosts. Oh, we've just, we've, I've said numerous times that I believe in ghosts. And I, I would never, ever find somebody like Ed and Lorraine Warren and be like, look, I've been haunted. Because I know they're going to take me. They're sna they, they are snake oil salesmen. Yeah. And 
it it's a fucking crime that they get away with doing shit like that. Yeah. But back to the actual film. Yes, itself. sorry. Um Let's talk about some key scenes. Like what 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 scenes in this movie stood out to you? Like what 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 did what did you like about this movie? I mean, we've talked plenty of times about like shit you don't like. What did you actually like about this movie? Um, I don't know if there's any scenes I particularly liked. This movie goes off the fucking rails at the end. Yeah, it really lost yeah. me at the end. The end of this film lost me. It massively. goes it goes fucking nuts in the last ten massive. minutes. So I like I don't want to say I liked. It creeped me out mm. earlier in the film when it yeah. was like very slow before Red and Lorraine show up, basically. Yeah. Where it was very slow and it was like clapping coming from nowhere. And the little girl talking to her imaginary friend. And, and the whole tugging of the leg. The tugging of the leg. The fart the, smells. The rotting flesh smell. Joey King's performance in the scene where she's like, I can see him. Fuck me, girl. Yes, yeah, like, legit. Like, Jesus, that is so good. Like, all of those moments are terrifying. The minute Ed and Lorraine Warren show up in this movie, at the house, not in general, um, it starts to become a little bit more silly. Yeah. Uh, mm, maybe it, it, not. Because there's the scene in the basement where like the the legs appear. That's mm-hmm. creepy. Basically, this movie goes from Don't Fear the Reaper to Baby, I'm a Haunted House. <laughs> Basically. And the thing is, though, is like to begin with, it's played still quite creepy yeah, yeah, yeah. and slow. Like, the cloth hitting the court, the body that's not there. Yeah, the fucking sheet. The sheet. The wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. The mysterious dog death. Oh. Poor puppy. I assume the dog... I, like... Sorry if this hurts anyone. I assume it's the ghost. Yeah, like, I assume assume the dog just had, like, a fucking heart attack or some shit. Yeah. Like... Yeah. And with the birds and stuff The birds, that's really fucked up. Um, You know, there's loads of moments in this movie that are, like, legitimately just creepy. And then you get to, like, the last 20 minutes, and it kind of becomes this caricature. Caricature. Of a, like, exorcism movie. Yeah. It just gets... Stupid. There's one scene in this movie that I really like, and like it's a perfect example of how fucking great James Wan is. And I tell you now, you will never stop me sucking that man's dick because I think he's fucking great. But there is an awesome scene in this movie. It's the scene where the little girl is talking to the music box, and she's like, "Oh hey, Rory's here," and I'm like, "Oh fucking hell, Gilmore Girls, let's get let's get involved." Fucking Wasso Chops is going to turn up in a minute. It's going to be great. Um, and then the mother. Yes. turns it and then all You're you see it, yeah all you see is like the little blow of the curtain and it zooms in properly on it and then they do it like towards the end of the movie as well because that's how the movie ends on the spiral and it's so fucking great because what he does is he he does that thing that i said earlier where he lures you into that full sense of security because he's got the blowing curtain and he's got the you can kind of see stuff happening in the background and then nothing happens so later on in the movie, when Lorraine Warren's got it, you're like, oh, this is going to be cool. There's going to be nothing there. And then the fucking kid appears. And you're just like, what the fuck is a little dead Victorian kid? Like, it's so fucking good, dude. Like, the way... And it's like I said, like, the way he makes things that generally aren't scary be scary is fucking great. And, like, that moment where... 
um, the mum, Caroline, is at the top of the stairs and she lights the match and it goes out. And then she lights the match again and it goes out. And then she lights the match the third time and all you hear is <laughs> behind her head. And you're just like, fuck! Yeah. And then like the scene where all the, the pictures start falling down and shit as well. Like when everything in the house starts going ape shit. But I do think this movie has pacing issues. Basic, like this movie seems way longer than I thought it did. It's, mm. it's not even two hours. It's like 10 minutes shy of two hours long. But you are right. Like I love the approach to the first half of this movie. To be honest, that's the part of the movie I thought you would find the most boring. Because it's a lot of them settling into the house laying the groundwork for this is what the haunting is going to be like there's some shit going down and then i thought the second half of the movie would be what you would find more interesting because what it does kind of ratchet up really quickly but it does it does this it does a whole bunch of like hey man there's some spooky shit happening so you're getting that like on edge and then the warrens turn up and then the movie takes a beat and it breathes and like nothing really happens and then it goes fucking bonkers so i do feel like and, like, the thing is, as well, like, the movie kind of ends really abruptly because they save the exorcism. So the the mother finally gets possessed by the witch and then they do the fucking whole exorcism scene and, and that shit all goes down. And then they basically just go, all right, off you pop. And then the movie ends. And it's like, it feels like the movie kind of ended, like, 10, 15 minutes too early. Like, it feels like they should have pushed that exorcism scene back like not back but forward into the film a little bit more so you had a little bit of time to breathe with the ending and kind of like maybe as a coder of like one year later this is what the family were doing and then like rather than just ending it with the warrens putting the music box in that like museum and her going oh we're gonna fucking long island to amityville Rah! you know what i mean like it feels like it kind of pauses too much in the middle then it kind of just goes do you know one thing I will say about this film, though? Is they make a really fucking dumb choice at the end of this film. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the end of this movie, actually. Hang on. Like, we'll we'll get there in a second. Two seconds. Yeah, so go on. What were you going to say about the really dumb choice? So, obviously, the, the end ratchets up. And then Warrens get a call and he, it's the husband and he's all like, oh, my wife's gone with Joey King. I can't remember what her name is. And they're all like, head to the house. We'll meet you there. And they're like, I'm like, okay. So they're going to go to the house with like the dad and they take the cameraman and the police officer with them. Fair. Good choices. And so they have gone. She takes the, the mothers to kill the children. What Bathsheba does. Okay. Solid. So they take the tiny, tiny, tiny child. The baby. Well, April's like six or seven. Yeah. With them. Why? Because they use her as bait. But they don't. They do. Because when she's in the basement... So when she's in the basement, they've got they've got her possessed by Bathsheba. And Lorraine puts her hand on her and she says, here is your daughter. And the daughter is in the basement with the husband. And they're all like... No, yeah. she's talking about Joey King's character when she does yeah, but that. Like, April, it's your daughter. Like April's yeah, but April the... shouldn't be there. Yeah. Why the fuck have they taken a kid with them when they know, know. full well that she wants to kill the kids? she's in the basement with the dad to be like, you have to fight this. We know you're in there. And did this this whole sequence is my one massive bugbear with this movie. The whole love wins all. Oh. Fuck no. You cannot fight an exorcism with love. You kind of be like, yo, demon, 
This woman has a husband and kids, son. Get out the body. That's some like BuzzFeed Unsolved shit. That's some like, hey there. <laughs> BuzzFeed Unsolved wouldn't even do that. That's some like, hey there, demons. It's, it's me, me, your, your boy. boy. Shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think hey the end go, is... man. I'm dancing on your bridge. I think the end of this movie is nonsense. They're all like, oh, we love you. You are our wife. And she's like, I have fought the demon. I have spited the demon with love. If it was that fucking easy, Everyone you would have fucking would you'd have wrapped this fucking shit up like. If it was that fucking, easy, everybody would yeah, do it. You'd have wrapped this fucking shit up an hour ago. You'd have you'd have done a prayer circle and some kumbaya around the bitch. Like, she's all like, "Oh, that perfect day on the beach. Yeah, the kids, man. We were on the sand. That fucking picture's in the house. What do you just fucking clockwork orange your eyes open and be like, remember us? Yeah, it, uh, like it's." it's Oh, it's so stupid. The fact that they take the littlest kid with them yeah. is fucking ridiculous. And then the poor dude, the fucking cameraman, is having to run He's like, April, where the fuck are you? April! Yeah. April! And doesn't think to check the cupboard where they found her in the first yeah, instance. You know, it was really funny. He's like, he's like looking under the, te- like, he's looking under the table, which doesn't have a fucking tablecloth on it. He's like, are you, are you under there? Do you see a fucking kid? Like volume, babe. The windows. Sorry, open. there's no fucking kid there. It's last night the windows open. Our neighbours' kids are going to sleep. Then he starts tapping on the floor. And he's like, "Hey, little kid, little kid." It's like, nah, 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 nah. Also, they don't think about the trauma that's going to cause. Like that yeah. kid. That kid's all like, "Oh, you know, mummy's not, mummy's not possessed anymore." Excellent. Let's go for ice cream. Nah, 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 man. That, they're going to be paying for that kid's therapy for fucking years. There's some Stranger Things level of parenting going on there. Yeah. That kid's going to be sitting on a fucking chaise long somewhere be like, Son, man, let me tell you the story about the time my mum got fucked up by a witch. And tried to kill me with a pair of scissors. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I did want to ask you a question. And I, I saved off asking you this until we were recording because I wanted to get your genuine reaction on record. Okay. With movies like this, I mean, we talk about horror movies all the fucking time. And I don't know if a general horror movie, like a slasher or something like that, the situation changes your mind. But do you find it's really uncomfortable watching movies like this when children are involved? Yes. What? So is that is that across the board with across horror? Across the board. Or is that just like... No, so- across the board. I I think there's something... That makes it way more tense and scary whenever there's a kid involved. And I don't know if that's just my lizard brain going, no, babies, protect! Um, but yeah, anything with kids really like... is I, I love Stranger Things, I love Stranger Things so much, but that puts me on the edge every time you watch it because they are children. Do you Do you think maybe it's like a twofold situation? Like... I mean, like, nobody ever likes to really think of, like, kids in danger. Mm. Like, we see kids, like, running across the street in real life, and we're like, oh, fuck, I hope that kid doesn't get hit by a car or some shit. Unless it falls over, like, on the pavement, at which point I will laugh at it. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, there is that inherent part of your brain that's like, oh, shit. Yeah. But I think in a situation like this, like, I think less so in a slasher movie, like, but I think in a situation like this where you're dealing with, like, manipulative evil forces... Mm -hmm. Like, we find out at the beginning of the movie that this fucking spirit manipulated, like, some adults into, like, putting them in a doll body. I think there's, like, that inherent level of, like, 
kids' brains, especially at a certain age, are like so malleable. Like they believe everything. Like kids mm-hmm. take everything so literally. Yeah. Like they don't. There's a level of understanding that that kids don't. They are have. Batista. Yeah. In Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But there is there's like a whole like level of understanding. So I think when you're dealing with something that is like seeking to inhabit a body or a house or like there is that level of like these kids are and like there are some like the kids do get fucked up in this movie mm-hmm. there's that scene where the oldest one's like thrown across a room by her fucking hair which is horrible um i mean it's horrible watching it happen to anybody and like there's a sense of like as an adult you're like i wonder how i would deal with this i'd be out of there but then like you consider like it's like paranormal activity. I think it's the second one. There's like, they're watching the baby cam and there's like a fucking baby and you're just like, nah, 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 man. I ain't fucking with no ghosts and like babies and shit. Like, fuck that, man. And I think there's like, it, this probably going to sound really weird, but I think there's like an inherent sensitivity to things like this. Like they say animals are like inherent to like, like in this movie, the dog is like, I ain't going to that fucking house, yeah. bro. And, like, we've said this time and time again about the boys. Like, our cats have a habit of just sitting at the bottom of the stairs and staring. And there's nothing there. They've always done it but as like, well. But, like, you're like, can you sense something that we can't sense? I think our cats are just dumb. Um, and it's like, I think it's the same with children. I think children have that sense of, like, something's not quite right. Um, and, like, especially, like, the great thing about this movie is... And I, I will commend... The performance in this movie, whether it's based on a true incident or not, is is entirely like up for debate. But the fact that the parents, for the most part, kind of believe the kids, they're never like, "Nah, man, you fucking lying." Like, is a slap. Sit down. Behave. Like yeah. they never, they never do that. And like, it it gives a kind of like a credibility, I think, to this movie, which I like because most people in movies are like. Nah, man, kids are fucking dumb. There ain't no fucking ghosts up in this bitch. And they just ignore their children, which makes it worse, which makes the children more vulnerable to, like, whatever the forces are that mm-hmm. are trying to take them away. Um, but I think the fact that, like, the parents actually act on what the children are saying in this movie is actually really interesting. I think it helps as well that the mum had also experienced stuff as well, though. Yeah, but she hadn't. Up until I mean, she was getting bruises that she couldn't explain yeah. at this point. I think she just thought her husband and was like in, the in bed. clocks all stopping. Yeah, Vecna time. Vecna time. <laughs> Tentacle squelching wetly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this movie would have been so dope if Vecna had turned just up. Popped up. He's like <laughs> Vecna and everything. Just give Jamie Campbell all the work. Um, give him all yeah, the wet tentacles. Like I do think it's something like. But the thing is, is like I don't. I'm always a little bit like, is it that it's worse because there's kids involved, or is it that it's literally my lizard brain going, me woman, child protect? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is a weird sentence to say, but like biologically, women are wired to protect children. Yeah, I mean, our brains are literally like, um, our brains are fucking put together that if we our brains will automatically react if we hear a baby crying yeah like and you hear about women who like have extra strength when their kid's in trouble <laughs> yeah yeah they can lift like a fucking car yeah like so part of me is always like is it that i'm scared or whatever kids are involved or is it literally just like my, my lizard hind brain yeah. going save the children but i think i think there is a level of like Especially in the third Conjuring movie, because there's like a kid who fucking like 
all of his limbs fucking snap and he's like he's like a human pretzel and you're just like oh, that's, that is like <laughs> but like again like it goes back to like what we were saying previously like you replace Regan in The Exorcist with an adult the movie's instantly like 15% less scary yeah The Omen you replace Antichrist with an adult less scary mm. like I think I think there is something to be said about putting kids in these situations where you're just like I am instantly more invested in the survival of everybody. Like, I was randomly at times in this movie doing a head count. I was like, right, I can see the mum. I can see the dad. I can see that one, two, three. There's two kids missing. Where the fuck are those kids? Like, what the fuck? Like, To be fair, it's like me whenever I go anywhere with my cousins, though. Like, I will... We could be doing anything. Like, not even anything dangerous. And my brain will instantly go, I can see the tall one, where's the short one? Yeah. And then I'll turn around and she's like bugging you and I'm like, it's fine. But like, why is that kid three three roads away riding a corgi? Like, what the fuck is it doing? Yeah. <laughs> like... But like, I d- you do. Like, your brain instantly, if you're around, uh, for me anyway, if you have to take care of children for any length of time, which I'm going to have to do in two weeks. I realised this the other day. I've agreed to go with my friend to go do the Harry Potter studio tours. It's a fucking 11th birthday party. We're taking three preteens with us. <laughs> I'm going to be a nervous wreck. Of, I can't, my friend was like, it's fine. They're mostly self-sufficient. They're 11. And I'm like, I don't have kids. My brain immediately goes, nope, one, two, fuck. We've lost one. We've lost yeah. one. Where is it? Like, and that's going to be a hell day for me because I'm literally panicking. I've lost someone's kid. Yeah. God but it's like, it. but it's like, I won't name names because I know everybody doesn't want to get shouted on the podcast. When we were out a few weeks ago with our friends and their baby, mm-hmm. it's like the baby's making noise, and I'm like, this ain't my responsibility. Like the parents are right there, but I'm like, are we good? Like, is is, it, is a kid shit itself? Like, is it throwing something on the floor? Like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. so just in everyday life, I think you are hyper aware the minute children are around. Oh yeah. Like even if they're not your own children. And it's like it's like with pet ownership as well. Like to a lesser degree, you're like, Where the fuck are my cats? Yeah. What are my cats doing? I can't see my cats, I can't hear my cats. It doesn't help as well, we've lost them one of them had a bell and we've now taken it off and he is silent. Yeah. It's, it's like, really weird, I don't like it. So I think I think horror movies when when it's adults, you're just a bit like, Well, these people kind of are an avatar for me, but at the same time, like you're making some stupid choices that I wouldn't make. Yeah. You kind of brought this on yourself. But the minute there's like a kid or a dog or like some kind of budgie or something going on, yeah. I'm, like, I'm instantly you know, more like the... Sub- it is hilarious as well. Because like, obviously we're, we're older. Like, I'm, we're both in our 30s now. Yes. And like, so my two cousins are... The eldest is 17. The youngest is 15. I went and visited last year. So bearing in mind, the youngest is 14 years old. She is like a teenager. Luckily, she's still adorable. Excuse me. But we'd gone to um, this place called Escape in Castleford um, to go get some food. And I was in charge... Isn't Castleford where Laura and Phil are from? Yeah. Hey. And um, I was in charge of Cal. So we're walking. She's 14. I lost sight of her for like five seconds. I was like, Callie, hold my hand. It's fucking 14. I made her hold my hand. It was really busy. And luckily, she's adorable. So she was like, no, it's fine. I can hold your hand, Lily. It's not a problem. And I would not let go of her. And there's my uncle going, Lily, she's a grown up. It's fine. I'm like, but if I lose this child, <laughs> like in my head, she's still like yeah. a toddler. Yeah. She's 
nearly an adult now and yeah i made her hold my hand she does it any time we're anywhere though if, if we go anywhere she will immediately grab my hand because she knows i panic <laughs> mate if them kids get snatched up by them ghosts woo! they'd have a hell of a time the eldest would just be a pain in the ass the ghost would return it yeah. and the youngest would just be like oh, is there a laptop can i play video games yeah do I have access to Spotify? I don't really care. As long as I have those things, I'm happy. Because she hates people. So, <laughs> she's a mini version of me. But yeah, no, like, I panic. And, like, in a situation like this, I would literally be, like, form a chain, everyone hold hands. Nobody move. <laughs> like, do you know what? I, I, I mean, to be fair, I'd have been the fuck out of the house the first time anything happened. I'd have been like, we are going, we're going to stay in a hotel, we're going to sell the house. We'll burn it down. Electrical fire. We'll get the insurance. Like, I would not have stayed there. Like, yeah. the minute the kids started freaking out, I would have been out of there. I'll ask you a question, though. How do you feel a movie like The Conjuring holds up against a movie like The Paranormal Activity? I like Paranormal Activity a little bit more. Just because A, it doesn't creep me out as much, but B, it's far more intriguing because it's all shot like found footage and this was back before it had been done 50 bajillion yeah. times it was really i remember <coughs> being t- oh, the first the first and only time i've watched paranormal activity i watched at my friend carla's house she doesn't listen to the podcast does she don't fucking care um and i was staying over we were going to alton towers the next day <laughs> And I was sleeping on her sofa, and about halfway through the night, I'd had to go and knock on her bedroom door, and I was like, Carla, can you come sleep in the living room with me? Because I was freaking the fuck out. Like, it properly freaked me out. See, this is the thing as well. Going back to kind of what we were saying about getting paranormal investigators in, that's the difference now. So in the 70s, everyone's like, yeah, we need to rely on the church. We need to rely on like this guy with a cross and a Bible. Now everyone's like, nah, motherfucker, I've got a fucking iPhone. I will catch that motherfucker on film. I will be famous. Like, it's like a fucking, like, almost like a TikTok challenge. They're like, oh, yeah, man, I'm just going to set up some fucking security cameras. I'll catch that Casper-ass motherfucker on a camera. Get some GoPros out. Yeah. Like, people, like, especially Paranormal Activity... They seem way more chill about the fact that there might be a ghost in this house. Because they're like, yeah, man, we'll just film it. It'll be great. Like, And the thing is as well now is you have access to stuff. Like, and it's way easier to fake this shit now. Oh, yes. Yeah, you just put a fucking Instagram filter on it. Oh, there's a ghost. Nah. But you know what I mean? Like, there's, it's way more easy now to access information. Like, if you think your house is haunted, like, you can go online. And there will be a wiki house except guide as to like how to like cleanse your home from spirits. Buzzfeed unsolved. <laughs> do, do not call Brian and Shane because they are the worst ghost hunters on the planet. They're also no longer with Buzzfeed. They've also never seen an actual ghost. They've never ghost. seen an actual ghost. They're very bad at ghost hunting. Hey there, demons. It's, it's me, me, your, your boy. boy. With um, the spirit box. I love I fucking loved Buzzfeed Unsolved. It was great. I need to watch their new stuff. I haven't. I haven't checked out their new stuff since they left. Um, but like, you can go online. There's like a wiki how you can like. There's a shop. Wait, what? Ten minute walk from my house. I can go and get like a pre-made smudging stick if I want to smudge the house. Like, for real, for real. You don't have to rely on the church anymore. You can just do it yourself. We are the DIY generation. 
Yeah. Like, we could get an exorcist, but we have to go through tests and, like, like can uh, probably charge us, or we can go on Google, Google how to get rid of a ghost, and they'll be like, you need these candles, you need a smudging stick, you need to do anti-clockwise right now. They'll just tell you. WikiHow has got a guide. I can guarantee you I'm intrigued now. I would, I would just masturbate a ghost away, I reckon. I mean, that's fair. I would just get my dick out and start wimbling at the ghost, but ha 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 ha! A ghost run away. That's not an invitation for ghosts to show up. There we go! Nine steps how to get a ghost out of your house. There is a wiki how for it, guys. There you go. I'm really intrigued as to what the steps are. Uh, step one. Eliminate non-paranormal Step one, open our box. <laughs> eliminate non-paranormal possibilities. Step two... Eliminate other non-supernatural factors. Go make sure it's not your garbage that just smells. Step three, get a psychiatric evaluation. Thank you, WikiHow. That's a really good. Um, and then the second part is record your experience. Have someone corroborate your findings. Do not be disappointed if your haunting turns out to be nothing. Um, politely ask your ghost to leave. Be confident when dealing with your ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Perform an exorcism. This is specifically for Christians. Uh, cleanse the house is your other option, which yeah. is get a smudging stick. Like there is legitimately. Mate, a could wiki you imagine now. like politely asking a ghost to leave? That's your first. No, like that, that is like your first step. Like you have to politely ask them to imagine, leave. Imagine you've got like a ghost like named Craig. Hey, up our Craig. Do you mind just do you mind just leaving, mate? Come on. Like you do. That's what you do. You're like, would you mind leaving? Craig, you... Craig the ghost. Or like chilling out. As well. Like, when I lived... This is years back. Um, I lived in... The second house I lived when I moved to the south coast. My room had constant cold spots. Yeah. Like, it was a night. It was fucking horrific as well. And I remember when I was just sat there. I was like, look, dude. I'm really not into it. Could you just please stop? And I didn't, I didn't have any more cold spots. <laughs> like, it, it stopped. So sometimes, guys, if you are being haunted, all you need to do is just go... Could you not? Yeah. What up, son? <laughs> what up? Um, Demons is me, your boy. Could you not? How do you think this movie holds up as a horror film? Um, I think it's a horror... Yeah, it holds up well as a horror movie. It's fucking creepy. It is fucking creepy. Is it the scariest thing we've watched yes. so far for you? Yes. Do you understand now why I go so much about why I love James Wan so much? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because he's a fucking man. Yeah. And it launched a franchise. That's the weirdest thing for me, is that this movie launched a franchise. Mm. Like, I kind of always assumed it would, because the Warrens have so many case files. But I didn't an imagine it launching its own universe of, like, Annabelle spin-offs and Nun spin-offs and yeah. fucking The Curse of La Llorona and all this. There was going to be a Crooked Man movie at one point. Um, but it proves that, like, James Wan is good at launching franchises. Launched Saw, launched Insidious, launched this. Fucking handling Aquaman now. We're gonna have like by by the end by the end of the 2020s, we'll probably have like three more malignant movies. Because James Wan will just get bored and start getting malignant with it, like all over the place. Um, Oh, I think we can agree you enjoyed this more than malignant. I did enjoy this more than malignant. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about this movie? Interesting fact. Before you answer that, did you know this movie? 
has very little swearing in it, no gore, no nudity, and it's still got an R rating because, it's because scary. of how scary it was. Uh-huh. And they basically said there were no cuts that they could make to get it to a PG-13 that wouldn't ruin the tone of the movie. So they didn't even appeal it. They just went, sure. Sure. Whatever. I did know Because it is fucking scary. It is scary. Um, yeah. I'm also banning clapping in this house going forward. What about if I have the clap? I'd be more concerned at where you got it from, to be honest. <laughs> um, well, you didn't have that either because you won't have got it from me, babes. I know I shouldn't have touched that hedgehog earlier. <laughs> um, little prick. Um, so, yeah, do you have anything else to say on this movie? Like, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Because I think we've gone on long enough Yeah, now. it's spooky, it's creepy, it's well-directed, it's really well-acted. I just don't like the Warrens. That's my major issue with this film. And I think that they demonised a woman who really didn't deserve it. And that is very unfortunate. Film-wise, actual <coughs> film-wise, I fucking hate this. I didn't enjoy watching it. It spooked me. But I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. Because it does what it says on the tin. It fucking freaks you out. It's a fucking Ron Seal movie, son. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I could not agree more. Um, I love how I've sat here and said I hate this film and then proceeded to go, but it's a five because I hate it for all the reasons that I would be rating as it much as as much as I I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, like going to see your next and how that was such a fun experience. Like seeing this movie and seeing people react to this movie, um, it was one of the most fun experiences. Like popcorn flying everywhere, people behind hiding behind each other, and like I feel like the Conjuring movies are like a a, a rule of diminishing returns. Like, no other movies in this franchise capture the magic of the first one. And I think that is largely because it's an interesting story. It's very well made. There's not, like, much convoluted stuff in it to try and get it to fit in with the rest of the other movies. It's a pretty straight down the line, like, movie. And I also think it's the one that has the least special effects in it. So it's the most interesting from, like, a directorial and, like, old school tricks kind of point of view. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you as well. I would give it a five. So those, ladies and gentlemen, are our thoughts on The Conjuring. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us in the month of July. I know things got very, very weird. I did. Um, <laughs> if you went back and listened to all of our episodes, you know, thank you for doing so. Next week, we enter into August and we start our Wes Craven Appreciation Month. Um, we're going to be honouring a legend uh, next month we're going to be honouring Wes Craven. Uh, I'm probably going to get emotional at some point, just a heads up. Uh, we will be kicking that off next Monday with a look at the criminally underrated people under the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so join us next week for that. Um, as always, you can find us on social media, Pod on Twitter. So I'm married a horror fan, Tumblr and Instagram. Uh, as always, thank you for your continued support and we will see you in the next one. Stay spooky, stay safe. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.